Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome this morning to the Center of Home Bible Church. I'm looking forward to working through a passage of Scripture today. Um, it's from 1 Peter chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, you ought to find that. Um, 1 Peter is a great book of the Bible that really relates to where we are right now. Yeah. Well, when I think of First Peter, I think of a couple of things come to my mind. That's suffering. Yes. And Peter definitely suffered through later on in his life. He he experienced a lot of suffering. He really did. And we it's pretty it's pretty clear to us that Peter was a mar- was a martyr. He died probably at the hands of of uh, Nero, Nero. And so certainly he understood um, suffering. It was part of his life prior to that too. And so he helps us understand how we can have a normal Christian life in the midst of difficult circumstances. Right, and I think it's a good passage to go to. Because, well, all Scripture is good, but I think in the current time, the current temperature that we have right here in our society, I think it's a great a great book to get, get into, and I'm actually excited to to see what it has to has for me and has for our church. Well, these are certainly difficult times, and what we want to really do is encourage you from God's Word, because it is very possible, and as a matter of fact, Jesus can do this work in your life. He wants to do this work in your life, that you and I could live the normal Christian life in difficult times. Mm-hmm. So let's spend some time together um, studying First Peter. I encourage you to find your Bible, and let's uh, dive right in. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Center Point Bible Church. I know this is not what we usually do, but this is what we're going to do during this kind of difficult time. My name's Lowell, and I'm the lead pastor at Center Point Bible Church, and I get the privilege every week of opening up God's Word, and uh, we're not going to take a break from that. And so our method is a little different today, but our message will be the same. Um, probably most of you are tuning in through Facebook, um, either on Sunday morning or maybe even later in the day or week, and I, wanna, I just want to welcome you and greet you. Um, Centerville Bible Church is a church that's been around for about 11 years, and we really um, rely upon the the teaching of God's Word through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, word by word. We, we've been in a series that we're that we've been doing the last couple weeks, but in light of what we're going through right now, I've decided to kind of change things a little bit. And so if you were expecting a, a passage to follow up on last week's, you're going to have to wait a couple weeks till we're back at TJ Jackson Drive. Um, today we're going to go to a different section of Scripture. But before we do that, though, I do want to just pray and ask the Lord to use this um, time in our lives. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you for the technology that allows us to do this. Lord, your word is powerful and active. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. So, Lord, right now we pray that it would come and just speak to our hearts. Use this in our lives and um, let us be conformed to the image of your son, Jesus. To his name we pray. Amen. We are in a difficult time, and I remember another time in my life where I kind of faced a difficult time. It was I was a younger man, and I was at a new uh, employment, a new, new job, and it seemed um, after just a few weeks, 
some difficult times came my way because some of my coworkers found out that I was a follower of Jesus and they decided that it would be kind of fun to, um, to pick on me a little bit about that. Um, I mean, nobody threw any rocks at me. I, I wasn't physically attacked, but the, um, the, the biting comments, the jokes, um, the isolation, it was heavy. And I reached out to a friend of mine, and he really was a mentor of mine, and I told him a little bit what was happening. And he said, Lowell, you have to understand, that's the normal Christian life. That's what happens. And that was kind of overwhelming for me. And he said, I think you should read a, a book of the Bible. Oh, what's that book, I said. He said, I think you should read the book of First Peter, because it's a book that's written for people who are going through difficult times. So that's where I want us to go today. I want us to talk about normal Christian life in difficult times. We're not going to take the time to go through every single verse. Um, we're going to use this time to go through 1 Peter together. Um, and I'm just going to kind of highlight a few places of the book um, each time that we come together. And today what I want to deal with is what I think is the theme verse of 1 Peter. And that is verse number 3. So let me read it and then we'll, we'll talk through it a little bit. It says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. That's verses 3 and 4 of 1 Peter, and I really believe it is the theme verse of this entire book. It talks about a living hope that we can have a living hope as followers of Christ. And it says here that God has given us a new birth into a living hope. Now, this is the book of First Peter. It was written by the Apostle Peter. You probably know him. Um, he was an apostle of Jesus. He, he understood grace. And Peter is probably best known for maybe three things that happened. First of all, he is the one that said to Jesus, you are the Christ. That was in Matthew chapter 16. It's recorded. And Jesus said, on this rock, what you just said, Peter, I'm going to build my church. Another thing Peter is kind of famous for is right before Jesus went to the cross, he was speaking to his apostles and he said that you're all going to fall away. You're going to fall away. And Peter stood up and he said, even if all fall away, I will never fall away. Sounded good. But Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter is known for these highs and then that low because he did just that. He denied Jesus. When a, when a difficult time came, he denied knowing Christ. He, he let go of this living hope that he writes about years later. There's a third thing that I think Peter is maybe best known for in his life. And that is that moment in John chapter 21, after Jesus had already gone to the cross and was resurrected, and he called Peter to him, and he restored Peter. He asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times. And he said to Peter these three things, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, and feed my sheep. So here's what we need to see. This is the character of Jesus. 
Maybe in your life you've you've done a you know the same thing that Peter has. Maybe maybe you've fallen back, you've fallen away. One thing I want you to hear today as we as we dive into 1 Peter together is that Jesus offers restoration. No, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter if you've if you've left him or denied him, he's calling you back to him. So here's what Peter wrote many years later under the inspiration of God's spirit to us, to followers of Christ. He said, praise be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Here's what I want us to know today. Living hope, first of all, only comes from God. There is no other hope that is alive. It's a living hope. I mean, most hope fades with time, right? I mean, you buy a vehicle and you hope that it's going to last you for you know, 10, 15 years. You're going to drive this truck for 300,000 miles. But what happens? Over time, that hope dies. You, you hope your team's going to win the Super Bowl or, or the championship. And what happens? That most of them don't. You, you hope that you're going to get up every morning to do 100 push-ups, and you don't. Most hope dies in time. This is a living hope. And it only comes from God. Look what it says. In his great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope. It's only because of God the Father's great mercy that we can have living hope. Do you need mercy today? I know I do every day. Mercy is not receiving what I deserve. And what this tells us is God the Father, is in His mercy, is offering to us living hope. But it comes only from God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says here, living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus Christ really lived, he really died, and he was really resurrected from the dead. So this living hope that God is offering comes to us only from God. There is no other hope that will last. Every person will fail us. Every vehicle will fail us. Every team will fail us. Everything else is going to let us down, except for God. The second thing I want you to see here is that it comes from the death of death. See it? In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Jesus killed Death. Death is the greatest enemy man ever had. It's, it's the thing that most of us, if not all, fear the most. With, what, with what's happening with difficult times right now, the idea of death may come to your mind. Jesus has beaten death. He killed death. He destroyed death at the cross when he died a real death and then was resurrected to life, proving he is God, proving that sin and death and Satan and hell are defeated. And this is where a living hope comes from, because Jesus conquered death. The death of death brings living hope. 
And then the last thing, just briefly today, that I want to remind you of is that this living hope that, that only comes from God and that we can only have it because Jesus killed death. It shines the brightest in trials. Now think about where we are right now as a church. Think about where we are as a country. Think about where we are globally. We are in difficult times. And I want us to see here from this passage that these are the moments that our living hope can shine the brightest. Hear the word of God. This living hope, this, this grace, has brought us into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. It's kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Do you see that? When life gets hard, when difficult times come, this passage, God is telling us through this passage that that's when our living hope shines. Where's your hope? If it was in the stock market, you're struggling. If it was in your employment or your job or your identity and work, you're struggling. If it was in your ability or your, your opportunity, let's say, to meet together as a church, you're struggling. The only hope that's living, the only hope that perseveres, the only hope that grows stronger with time and stronger through suffering is a living hope. Do you have that kind of hope today? A hope in what God is doing in your life. A hope in what God has done in your life. I want to see our church and I want to see you have that kind of hope that doesn't depend upon the circumstances. It doesn't depend upon that things are going well for you. That even in the midst, here it says, of suffering grief in all trials, you have living hope. This is what God offers us. This is what Peter wanted to record for us as he talked about a normal Christian life in difficult times. Centerville Bible Church, this is what we need to live. Pursue Jesus. Move out as much as you can in your community. Have community with others. Influence them towards Jesus. Let's be the body of Christ and live out this normal Christian life. Let me pray for our church. Father in heaven, Lord, hear our heart. We have a living hope in you. We understand your grace today. We're thankful for Jesus' death for sinners and resurrection over death, bringing us a living hope. Let us live that today, this week, 
through this difficult time. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we just wrapped up a short study of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. And I thought it'd be good to bring Pastor Billy in for us now to talk about how do we apply this to our lives? Um, we, we certainly did a little bit of that as we were talking through the passage. But, but I thought it'd be good for us to think through uh, real significant ways that we can, we can apply this. Um, so we, we really, here was our outline just to remind you. We talked about that God's grace brings living hope. And it only comes from God because Jesus... Jesus killed death, and it, that living hope shines brightest in the trial. So how are we going to apply this in our lives, Billy? Well, I mean, when we have something that we hope in, and it lets us down, it reminds us that we need something that will never let us down. Mm. And so... A living hope. A living hope. So for the example that you shared just a few moments ago, really encapsulating Peter, he was relying on his own strength in a lot of different situations that he would never deny Jesus that he you know even his uh, a series of his actions were proving that his hope was in his own strength that's right and when his own strength let him down that's when Jesus comes in gently corrects him gently brings him back and points him in the right direction really realigns him to where his hope really should be because that hope faded with time as time went by mm -hmm. he failed mm -hmm. and and it and it faded over and over and over but a living hope grows stronger with time mm -hmm. very true yeah very true. so we talked about that that god's grace brings living hope and that that really he's the only source of hope but what are some things that people might try to use or to depend upon for their hope that that lets them down if god's the only source what are some you know false sources of hope that people lean mm -hmm. on. Well, we've we just referenced their own personal strength, their own human strength of their ability to power through a situation. They put their trust in themselves, their hope in themselves. It may be their work. They feel as if they have purpose because of their work, and they put their hope in their ability to work, or one step further beyond that would be the money they receive from their work. Yeah, and so they, if you think about right now, you know, where we are in difficult times, if that's where your hope is, your employment or your paycheck or your wealth, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that that raises the the anxiety over what we are experiencing right now. I mean, who who are you or or what are you? Are are you a, a you know are you a butcher are you a baker are you a candlestick maker you know <laughs> are like are you relying upon this identity from your employment does that make you who you are because that's important but it's not enough right and we also need to realize that our employment the money that we have the strength that we have in our bodies it comes from God. Hmm. So we, there's nothing that we have that was not given to us from God. And the Apostle Paul writes of that in, in the book of Corinthians, that, that everything that we receive is a gift from the Lord. Therefore, we have no right to boast on anything. And I think that that is where the rubber meets the road, the crux of it, where we need to come to an understanding in our own mind that I'm not hoping in these things because they're a gift from God, I'm going beyond and I'm putting my hope in God because hope 
only comes from God. So we said that that living hope, it's the reason why we can have it is because Jesus brought the death of death. He killed death. So how does his resurrection sort of feed that living hope or, or create that living hope for us today? How does the resurrection of Jesus continue to feed our, our reliance and our, our, our understanding that he has things under control? Well, for me, I don't know if this is the, the exact answer to the question, but when I think of him defeating death, I think of things that will pass away in my life and all those things that we just previously mentioned and how they are on a temporal nature and how when he defeated death, it was in an eternal, it was for eternity. Mm. It was a finality. And so by him being the victor, even though things aren't going well in my life, I know that I can trust in Jesus because he has suffered just as we have his death, his burial, but his resurrection is, is the defeating of all these things that are temporal. And so instead of me putting my, my hope in things that are, that will fade away, I put my hope in something that is eternal that will never let me down. Right. Like it's like, there's always something that will defeat anything else that we have hope in. So if you're hoping in your money, it can be lost. If you're hoping in your home, it can burn to the ground. If you're hoping in your marriage, you can lose your spouse. If you're hoping in your children, they can break your heart. Mm -hmm. Everything else, it has a way that it can be lost mm -hmm. and that it can go away and that it can fade. But but Jesus' resurrection is, it's final. Mm -hmm. He destroyed death completely. And so it's like the ultimate victor. You know, it's like the, the boxing champion that, that beat everybody. And so now you know he is the one that, that is the best and is lasting and so forth. And I think that we need to remind ourselves of this on a daily basis. Often, if you're listening, maybe you're a believer that's you've put your trust in Jesus 10, 20, 30 years ago, and hearing the resurrection account over and over again, it may make you a little dull. It may make you think that you, you've heard this before and, and not have the, the power that it really should. And I think that it's, it's beneficial for us every day to think of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and how he is the victor, he is the champion, and he's the champion of, of the every day of our life. Hmm. He's the champion of every, every struggle of our life. He's the champion of every piece of us. And that's why we are crucified with Christ, nevertheless we live, so that we can die to ourselves and live for Jesus and live in that hope. So no matter what happens, we can say, okay. I still have hope. I still this have hope is the Jesus. normal Christian life. It's it's part of our everyday um, knowledge. It's it, it's part of our everyday experience. We when we are going through whatever we're going through, we think, okay, Jesus beat death. I don't have to worry about this situation that I'm in. I have the right. ultimate hope. That's right. And that really brings us to the last point, and that is that that living hope is brightest in trials. Mm -hmm. And Peter 
understands this. He, this, this was written to a group of people who are strangers in the world, Peter says. They are aliens. They are, they've been excluded by, by everyone. They're going through suffering, real persecution they're going through. And Peter says, in the light of that, your living hope is going to shine bright. Now, what is it about trials that, that kind of puts a spotlight on hope? I believe that trials bring us to the point where we see our imperfections and we see our inability to handle something that's out of our control. Often we want to be in control and to be able to fix something or to uh, to be the overseer of it and correct it. But when trials come into our life that we have no control over, then we are, uh, we're, I don't want to say helpless, but we feel helpless in the moment. And that brings, for me, that brings the reality that I have nothing else. I cannot, I can't rely on myself. I have to rely on the maker, the creator, the Christ, and what he has done for me. I think of often as growing up as a kid, it might sound weird, but I would go with my mom to the nursing home. Uh, she worked in a nursing home in Maryland. And in the summers, I would spend uh, just walking the halls, talking with older people. And something I realized at a young age was all the people were hoping for was to get out of the nursing home, whether to be rehabilitated, whether to have their, their family come and, and get them, whether they would be strong enough to go back home. And the saddest moments were when people realized that they were never going to leave the nursing home. And they had this hope in other things. But when they lost that, they, they lost their hope. And they went downhill very quickly, and they didn't, they didn't last very long. And that's people... Again, in a trying situation, they're relying on something physical versus those that rely on something that's eternal. And that harkens a little bit back to the, to the second point that you made, mm -hmm. you know, that, that we have that internal, eternal inheritance that can never be taken from us. And listen, if you're a person who's kind of in that situation, you may or may not be in a nursing home. You, you might be a little different of a difficult circumstance. And it just seems like everything you had hope in has now failed you. You need to know Jesus has not failed you. He's not failed us. He's still at the throne room of God interceding for us. His, his work on the cross is still enough to save you. It's still enough to bring you life and inheritance that doesn't go away. It doesn't spoil or fade. It's eternal. And I'm reminded of um, people who in Jesus' day, we're, we're leaving him, we're, we're, we're abandoning him. He wasn't coming through in the way they wanted him to. And the apostles were standing there, the disciples were standing there, and, and all around them, everybody left. And Jesus looked at them and said, do you want to go? Do you want to leave? Mm -hmm. and, he, and their answer was this. Who said this? It's Peter. Peter said this. He said, Lord, where else should we go? Where else could we go? You have the words of eternal life. Mm -hmm. Where else can we go other than the one that brings us living hope? Mm -hmm. So hope today, Centerpoint Bible Church, it's a living hope that we have.